Thank you, ladies. That was very good. Excellent. Hope you guys were worshiping along at home and that you feel God's presence. He is there with you. There's no doubt about that. And uh, so we want to uh, just hear what he has to say tonight. Pray that the Lord would come through. Um, I know many of you are um, are calling and doing things and connecting, and, and I know you're doing that. I, I, I think I know you well enough. Just as an encouragement to continue doing that, uh, to continue to lean into that. You know, if you haven't done some uh, things on, online, which not many of us have, uh, that's the, the, the wild, wild west. It's a bit of the future, I believe, in terms of connecting with people. And so you might want to jump in with both feet and try to learn that. I know George had me over to try to uh, learn how to do Zoom, and that didn't work out at all. I just had to leave. Uh, so don't don't call me if you need help. But, but uh, you know, it's, sometimes it's in the, the weakness of, of what we don't know, we don't understand, we're but we're trying that the grace of God is on it and then some really cool things can happen. So let me encourage you just to step into some new territory and, uh, and grow, just grow, uh, because the Lord is calling us into some new things uh, or maybe even just some things that are old but need to be new again. Uh, so that's what I want to talk to you about tonight. Um, I'm, I, last week I, I really got onto this Simply Jesus uh, message and and I, I I still believe it is all about the Lord Jesus Christ. It, it's all about seeing Him, knowing Him, having His heart, um, have His having His heart for people, and uh, and that heart driving you to the streets and and uh, wanting to give an expression of His love. And so uh, it really is an opportunity to make to simplify things once again. Let's get down to the basics the fundamentals um, of the faith and begin to be the church. Um, you know, I was reminded, I, I read last week about the, uh, the Shunammite woman, you know, in Song of Solomon, that, that love affair that's kind of going back and forth in the, in the poetry. And, and she starts out talking about her, her love for him as she thinks about him. And then she goes straight into... Uh, uh, being ashamed because she's so dark, which which meant culturally that she had been out in the sun, hard work, hard labor. Uh, she wasn't caring for herself the way that you know a, a woman would think she should be. At least in that culture, in that day and time, she wasn't protected from the sun. She was out working in the fields, doing hard labor, and she was concerned that she wasn't going to look beautiful enough to the one that she loved. And of course, uh, in that back and forth you find out that uh, the bridegroom was not concerned one bit with her the way that she looked and the way that she kind of thought about herself um, and I think that really speaks to the church that the Lord is looking for a church that's out in the fields I mean he had to, we're out in the elements we're out working because we have we have a heart for him and we're, we're doing our, our our due diligence in 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 life and and that let him determine uh, how beautiful we look to him, you know, and we don't have to worry about that so much as long as we're doing the work. Uh, we're doing that that work that our faith uh, brings to life. 
and our purpose as a church. And so if we're going to be simply Jesus, I think we've got to look back at his life and uh, take a good hard look at, at what he lived, how he lived. And uh, if, we're, if we're truly going to be simple, we've got to take a look at his one true desire. Um, that thing that Jesus lived with. Jesus came to do one, one thing. And it's found in John 18, 37. He was asked this in, in particular. He said this himself in John 18, 37. For this cause I was born, and for this cause I've come into the world, that I should bear witness to the truth. And so Jesus came to bear witness to the truth. That's, that's the foundation. That's what under, uh, underlines everything that he did was that he was going to tell us the truth. He was going to live out the truth, bear witness to the truth. So if I had to boil down that truth to one thing, uh, looking at Jesus' life, um, at least the snapshot of his life that we get, you know, uh, we get three and a half years of a whole lot of it, you know, in his ministry. Uh, but the other parts of his life, we get little snapshots. But I would say that Jesus' truth was to say to the world that his father is a spirit. We know the word of God says that. His father is a spirit, and he is God, and, and living for him and with him is the greatest and most pleasurable life there is. Now, let me, I just said that in a strange way. Jesus would say to us, that God is a spirit and that and that that's his father and that there's nothing more than Jesus would want to do in life than to be with his father doing what his father's doing in other words the closeness of life and love relationship that Jesus could have with his heavenly father is what he did now that says a lot because Jesus had all the options in the world. Uh, I mean, understand, this: Jesus had connection to the spirit of wisdom and understanding to the degree that he knew everything about this planet, how it was put together, uh, all the principles involved. He knew how to walk without violating any of the man-made principles. He, he had the spirit of wisdom and understanding that, that would lead him to be able to run this planet to, to do whatever in the world he wanted to do while he was here he could have done and so uh, what it says about him is that he could have done anything he could have become a king the king of the world you know in an earthly sense and ruled over people he was smarter he was better he was stronger he had more resources than any other human on the planet he could have done whatever he wanted to do right written songs books i mean you name it uh, i don't know what his singing voice was like but maybe he had an awesome voice i don't know he could have really gotten some things done on this earth and all that he did though was live this patient small life until his ministry began and then even in terms of his ministry his ministry was was small in terms of the globe he stayed in just a small little area he circled around in the same type of just just several miles going from here to there but he didn't go out of israel which israel's a tiny little nation and he could have and yet what he says to the world i believe is that a, a walk a life with my father doing what he has 
prescribed for you to do heart to heart watch where he's working and go do it alongside him is the greatest life that you could possibly live i believe that's the truth at the foundational level that jesus uh lived for us to see and then we know because of what he did his death burial and resurrection opened the gateway for any one of us to live the exact same life now not not his life jesus is the one and only had his life to live thank goodness that he did it but but i'm talking in terms of we can walk with the father in our prescribed life i mean my life it is exactly like alicia's or phyllis's but god had the, the bible says these are things god has predetermined and that he's ready for us to find him uh living out the unique expression he's given for each one of us alongside him with him doing uh, the work and living the life and and so uh simply jesus means that we're simply going to be living with the father just like jesus did jesus simple life of devotion to his father that's that's what jesus's simple life was like a simple life of devotion to his father the spirit and we all have this 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 life with the father is right here it's a, the, the, the bible says it's right here i mean it's even in here but i'm talking about in terms of it's just at your right hand here just turn right to it and and here it is we're looking at the world and 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 all things through a set of glasses that gives us an understanding of what we're after and what is priority what is the best and so uh, jesus is the map that we would live by if we follow him we'll be following in the life that he led if we live a, a simply jesus life it will involve joining the father in what he's doing and he invites us to do so every day uh, henry blackaby wrote a discipleship uh, book or material called experiencing god many years ago and I have been thinking a lot about that uh, over the last several days because it is a simple approach to the, the walk with God. It's just simply put, and it really, I believe, nails it. And so I've got that out and started looking at it. Some of the things I'm going to share tonight are coming straight out of that discipleship material. I believe it's top-notch and right on the money. Um, but Hen Henry Blackaby talks about uh, in that in that book talking about this uh, farmer that he had at his church uh, one of his members was a farmer lived way way out in the country and he talked about the fact that um, he was going to take this farmer out to where he lived one time and the farmer was with him in the car he was going to drive him to his farm and so he said he got out there in the I mean it, it just was turn here and there and the whole time this farmer saying yeah take this right take this left take this right take this left and they're going all over the place he said he was so confused because he'd gone so far out in the country and these twists and turns had no idea where he was but he made the point that that he didn't know where his destination was and he never could have gotten there without him but the farmer was with him and the farmer himself was his map see it's a living map and he made that correlation that point that jesus is our map in life he's right here 
and he's going to tell us where we need to go, what we need to do, what we don't need to do. Now, he's not a micromanager. He's not like that, but he will guide us into all truth as we live a sensitive life that's desiring to see where he's working and join him in it. Now, of course, I'm saying Jesus and the Father are, are one in this sense because where one is, there the, there the other is. But we're looking for the activity of God. And Jesus is the map in our own life to tell us where is the activity. And once we get there, then to tell us where to go, what to do about it, what's next, what's the adventure all about, about. or let us live in that adventure. Jesus said, this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. That's John 17, 3. He says that in a prayer to the Father. The essence of eternal life is for us to know God and to know Jesus Christ, whom he has sent. Knowing God does not come through a program or a method. Real Christianity is not merely a religion. It is a relationship with a person. It is an intimate love relationship with God. Through this relationship, God reveals his will and invites us to join him where he is at work. When we obey, God accomplishes through us something only he can do. Then we come to know God in a more intimate way by experiencing him at work through our lives. And that simply continues on that journey of moving forward, joining the Father in his work, coming to a crisis of belief. Oh my gosh, it, this isn't going to work out. I don't think this is good. But standing where the Lord is having us stand, seeing what the Lord's doing and joining him in it, watching the Lord's work just come up, spring up, thereby knowing him more than we did before, and then just continuing that over and over. That is the lifestyle. That's the call on each one of God's sons and daughters. And I'm excited by this. The Father and the Son are at work, and they're inviting us into work alongside them to, to grow, to be transformed, and to see others transformed, to see others witness and recognize, hey, that's the activity of God. I'm... I'm I want to see more of that. I'm intrigued by that. I want to join in to knowing him and connecting people to the living God. I'm, I'm excited by that because at this point in time, things are shaking, things are changing, and what I'm seeing shake out are the, is the activity of God and a new invitation into new things where God is alive and is at work. John 5, 17 says this but he answered them this is jesus speaking my father is working until now and i myself am working and then in verse 19 20 it says this jesus therefore answered and was saying to them truly truly i say to you the son can do nothing of himself unless it is something he sees the father doing for whatever the father does these things the son also does in like manner for the father loves the son and shows him all things that he himself is doing and greater works than these will he show him that you may marvel that's the call that's the work so here's jesus example for us in these verses number one the father's been working right up until now he's at work number two 
Now the Father has me working. And not only that, I'm going to add this, there's, there's nowhere else in the world I would rather be. I know Jesus would have said that as an add-on. He would say, the Father has me working with him, and there's nothing else I would rather be doing on this planet. And he could have done a whole lot of cool things, a whole lot of cool things. If I'd have had the resources Jesus had, I'd have probably run off doing some of those cool things because he's smarter than I am. And what Jesus would say is that, no, I'm doing exactly what the Father is doing. I'm doing that with him, and this is the, this is the one place I want to be. There is no other place that could equal this for me. Number three, I do nothing on my own initiative. Number four, I watch to see what the Father is doing. Number five, I do what I see the Father doing. Number six, the Father loves me. And number seven, he shows me everything he's doing. See, that's a set of, of glasses that you have on. That's a perception. That's a paradigm. That, is, that includes faith. I know that God is at work, and I know that I have the Spirit of God in me, which is the capacity to see what he's doing, and I love to join him in what he's doing. And as I join him in what he's doing, he shows me what else to do as he shows me what he's doing. He loves me. He wants me with him. That's just the way it is. That's life. That's the life that I lead. That's the life that we're all called into. God is always at work around us. I, I guess the question is, what perception do we have? What, what part of our perception is incorrect what's our paradigm what do we believe if we believe we will see it really that's the way it works that faith will open up sight to see what the father's doing if we believe we will do and we will see god says join me i'm everywhere and he is he's everywhere right now it seems like he's smiling down in a massive way and is showing up in all kinds of different ways i believe concerning his church concerning his his bride that god is awakening the missional church again that's what the church was born to do that mission has never changed but we have lost the fire of it i believe god is awakening his missional bride, once again, with passionate love and desire for people. It's a new reformation that is releasing God's people. You know, 500 years ago, Martin Luther led in the what we call the Reformation, changed the world. The kingdom of heaven came and the world was turned upside down. An incredible time it wasn't all good it was a lot of bloodshed when the kingdom comes lots of times there's there's difficulty in 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 massive change and power struggles and other conflicts that aren't always great but i believe also that there, that we're going through a reformation of sorts the first reformation was about freeing the church this new reformation is is about freeing God's people from the church. Now, what do I mean by that? I mean by the institutions of. It's just natural, it's normal, it's human that when something gets to the stage of institutionalized or institutional, it gets difficult to 
get out of. It gets hard to get fluid and understand and get down to the roots of what the whole thing was given birth to do. It gets comfortable to get into ruts and routines that are not that are not quite in the bullseye of what the purpose is. And I believe that's what we're struggling with. We're caught up in the building. And we've got to get back to the people. God is awakening the mission again within his bride. I want to share a little bit about, because this kind of got started for me before this really started to hit uh, several weeks ago. I was coming out of my neighborhood and I saw Brother Phil at a, a neighbor's house. He was standing in his yard. And so I stopped there and we talked for just a second. And Brother Phil, what he was doing was, he had this stack of papers in his hands and he had on his blue Billy Graham uh, evangelistic shirt and he was just out passing out these letters. He typed up a letter that was basically saying, this is who I am, this is what I believe, I'm, this is where I live, I've been, I work for the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association or I minister alongside them and I have been to the Bahamas from that hurricane. We've heard that story. His, he shared it with us and and he, and he also talked about being coming from Nashville uh, behind the tornado. And so he was just doing more of that in his own neighborhood. And this was on March the 21st because his letterhead has the date on it. Before this really got crazy here, it was, it was on the radar, but we didn't know it was going to be locked down and every, all this was going to happen at that point. Uh, but Brother Phil was already out uh, passing these out the whole neighborhood it's a big neighborhood that we live in and he's out there being the church he, he was he was out there just touching lives and he left his phone number and said i just want nothing more than this is the hope that i have in in life and it's jesus christ and i'd love to pray for you or help you or do anything for you but here i you know it's just him making contact with people and and i, I was i was struck by that and so it was a a week later, I went to see him, and just sat up in his shop, and we just had a, we just had a good talk, and and uh, and he kept saying this thing over and over again, this phrase, saying we've got to stop doing church, and we got to start being the church, and so he said it uh, several times, I don't know, four or five times throughout an hour-long conversation, and so he said it enough for it to stick with me, and I remember saying to him before I left, I was like, I can see that. I have been, I haven't been able to see the forest for the trees. Y'all ever gotten a situation like that where you realize you just got in so far and you weren't seeing the big picture? And I, I felt like that from talking to him because he had this freshness about him. Uh, Brother Phil had this, he's got this joy about him. He's got this, you know, he's just in his element and he's just, he's just loving God and loving people and he's out doing it in his own neighborhood and everywhere else that the Lord would send him he's living it he's being the church so it had a lot of integrity as he was sharing it and i and i was i was thinking you know i'm, I'm not quite there i something is not amiss and i'd gone back to my office to kind of mull it over and i picked up a book that i'd never read it was on my shelf and uh in the first chapter god is my witness i'm reading this book in the first chapter and in black and white it says we've got to stop doing church and start being the church. And I went, okay. 
all right, God, you got, you got my attention. I, I, I just came from it, you know, and I wrote it in my book, and it's like, okay, God's on something here. And then, not only that, a little bit later in the same first chapter, this, this book made reference to the fact that many of us as church members can't see the forest for the trees. And I went, okie doke. Here we go. This is, the Lord is speaking to me. And, uh, and Brother Phil's kind of was the beginning of that to get my eyes opened, and then all of these things began to happen. Uh, all of this change, and then all of a sudden, as, as we're in this pause and beginning to let everything kind of fall to the ground and, and beginning to see Jesus and, and getting back to the foundation of what are, we, what are we, what is church for? What are we supposed to be doing? What is this all about? And kind of having the opportunity to have a new look, a fresh look, just... Okay, we've got to pause here. Now let's figure out how to, how to let the rubber meet the road again. Let, let's, get, let's get on point. And so that's how this kind of started um, for me. And, and this is what the Lord is, seems to be speaking to me about so clearly. And so I'm back to this, uh, to this Henry Blackaby experiencing God and looking at this framework of what he's laid out i'm just going to read these and see what this says he says this on on day four he says you cannot stay the way you are and go with god you cannot stay the way you are and go with god in other words what he's saying is that if you truly join him in what he's doing you will not stay the same but you will stay the same if you're not going with him if you're not with the father working and doing what he's doing. And here's his points. This is what the whole uh, thing is about. The seven realities of experience of God. Number one, God is always at work around you. That's a truth. Number two, God pursues a continuing love relationship with you that is real and personal. Number three, God invites you to become involved with him in his work number four god speaks by the holy spirit through the bible prayer circumstances and the church to reveal himself his purposes and his ways number five god's invitation for you to work with him always leads you to a crisis of belief that requires faith and action see god has ideas that are greater than your ideas and god's ideas are greater than your own understanding and we're comfortable with our own, own understanding but to trust in the lord in something higher in something greater you're going to have a crisis of belief because you're going to have to say no i think this is i feel like this is the way to go my understanding tells me this i want to stay right here and god says no I have a plan, I'm greater than you are, I know more, I have resource, and we're going to do something right here if you'll follow me. And see that crisis, man, many times I just step right over here back in the old humdrum. Just don't grow. God's inviting us into transformation and into encounter that another person is involved in, at least one other person, which means it's a win-win. You change, they change. God gets the glory. Win, win, win. But we've got to begin to move in that direction, in the direction of his invitation. 
Number six, you must make major adjustments in your life to join God in what He's doing. You must make major adjustments. Man, the truth of this simple, uh, simply said thing means that if we're actually joining God in what He's doing, we are growing, 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 growing. That's what happens. And people are being touched. And you have examples and you have stories and you have uh, all kinds of things that are going on as you're out with the Father doing His work. And that's what we've got to get back to. Number seven, you come to know God by experiencing as you obey Him and He accomplishes His work through you and through me. That is what experiencing God is all about. And I'm afraid that we have been just having church services and not experiencing God. And we just kind of missed that. You know, the encouragement is that the church has been around for a long time, like a couple thousand years, and nothing has stopped it. There have been periods of time where people get turned down, turned off, get out of God's will, but there's always that rebound period where people figure it out again. They get refreshed, renewed, restored. They get with it. They get in the groove of this that I just explained, and here we go. God, the church is alive and on fire and moving and being beautiful. And God is being seen outside the church walls where he is. That's what we've got to get back to. What we come to do together in a church service must only encourage and equip us all to do this thing that I just said. That's what our purpose is, coming together for equipping, encouraging, to go out and do this. That's the entire purpose. There is no other purpose. Services just to have a service is, it's not, it's not what we need. So here's a couple thoughts I, 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 I thought about in terms of what's our mindset here? What, what is our, what's going on? What perception do we have? Here's a thought. Do we have a departure mentality or do we have a dominion mentality? What do I mean by that? Rapture theology is, is end-time theology that I have grown up with and I'm very familiar with, and I love it. I, lo I love the idea of it. But I'm afraid that, especially the older you get, you think more in terms of Jesus coming back. You think more in terms of departing here than you do about being in dominion and giving yourself to build something. And, and I think it may be easy, it could be a nuance of a thought, but hey, let's think about it. Maybe we're trying to depart when God is wanting us to have dominion because that's what the original mandate is about, is dominion. Now, I know especially in rapture theology, when you, when you mix that to this belief that things are going to get worse and worse and j then Jesus will return, that's a belief. I mean, that, that's a faith. What, what you're saying when you believe that, and the devil lo loves it, by the way, because, see, he gets to get bigger and bigger. He gets to get more and more powerful, dominate you, and you can do nothing against me because that's what, that's what you believe, that I'm getting bigger and bigger and God has to come rescue you out of here. And I just don't believe that. That's not the way I see Scripture, I, personally. That's not the way I see it. 
But here's what will happen if you get into that. If you get into that departure thing and the devil gets bigger and we get smaller, somehow the Lord gets on dimmer and, and, and we just get weaker. And, and if you believe that, the problem with it is that will be your perception. That will, to a large degree, be your life also. That's how powerful we are in our beliefs, in our perspective. And so that's huge. So we may need a paradigm shift in how we think what we're here to do. We're here to have dominion. We're here to subdue and to serve. We're here to, uh, to, to, to serve with the heart of a king and rule with the heart of a servant, right? We're not here to dominate people or dominate things. We're here to influence with the light, the truth. That's dominion. You're caring for a planet because we, we know the one who created the thing. And we should be the ones that are on the leading edge of, of innovation and, and blessing and, and doing the creation mandate. But that's a perspective. That's a mentality. Having dominion. So what's a paradigm shift? The power of paradigm shift. Um, let me give you a power of a paradigm because it, it really is. That once this mentality clicks in, you're going to experience what you believe about it to a large degree. Is the glass half empty or is it half full? It's both true, but one's going to leave you with a better feeling than the other. One's going to leave you ready to, to, to mix it up and be, be happy and move forward. The other one's just a downer. So here's a paradigm. There's a story of a man. He gets on a subway. He's got a bunch of kids with him, and, and his kids are going absolutely crazy. I mean, they are jacked up on sugar or something. They're just they're they're running everywhere they're bothering everybody around them and the guy's just sitting there in his chair and he's just kind of out of it he's got his head down he's just zoned out and his kids are going wild and everybody else on the subway train is getting upset that this father is not taking care of his kids y'all ever been in a situation like that and so he's sitting there getting more and more irritated at the fact that this guy is letting these monkeys jump all over the place and disrupt this place and do all this stuff so he's got this idea going on. This is us kind of experiencing it. We got this idea that this guy's just be a deadbeat dad. He doesn't know how to take care of his kids. And why don't you take care of your kids? You know, you're thinking all that on the inside. And so finally, you muster up the courage to say something. Hey, man. Hey, wake up. Your kids are going crazy in here. They're going to, we're going to wreck or something. They're going, they're going wild. They're disturbing everybody. And let's say the guy looks up at you and he says, Oh, oh, and he kind of, it was like you just woke him up. And he's like, I'm, I, yeah, yeah, let me, let me do that. He said, I, we, we just came from the hospital and their mom just died. And I, I, don't, I don't even know what to think or do. That is a paradigm shift. Because see, it's the same situation. The same thing's happening, except you know what's going on now. Your heart completely turns upside down. And now you have incredible compassion for this situation and how can i help and what can i do see your paradigm is powerful your perspective on your situation is a game changer and we cannot have, afford to have a wrong pers perspective or paradigm we've got to have the lord's perspective on the end times but i can assure you folks that god's power is not getting dialed down in any way and none of his promises are being removed from any human being on this planet. You can have all of him that you want to have. Now, the devil may be 
getting do, to do this and that with the people who have selected him. But if you have not selected him, there is nothing that is dim about the glory of God and what he'll do through you if you walk with him. So let's just get that straight and make sure we're not, we don't have the wrong mentality here. We've got to make sure we've got the Genesis 1:28 mentality. Be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish, the birds, and everything that moves on the earth. Have dominion. Live in dominion. Be responsible for what I have blessed you with, what I've created. Unpack your life. Unpack your dreams. Reach your potential for God's glory. Be salt. Be light. Be an ambassador. Influence people. Understand you are the sons and daughters of God on this planet, period. That's got to mean something. That, that, that needs to, there needs to be something in that that people can say, yeah, I can see, you know God. That's, uh, I, that's clear. So what is your mindset? Your mindset is how you think and you feel about things. Are you convinced that things are just getting darker and darker and that God and Jesus and the church are all just getting less powerful? A departure mentality will lend itself to a mindset that is fixed. A fixed mindset instead of a growth mindset. Mindset of, of, uh, of the power of a person's mindset. I didn't say that right, but which is essentially a person's belief on what they can or can't do. So you've got a mindset about what you can or you can't do. If you have a fixed mindset about what you can or can't do or how little you can impact this or that or how little you can grow in this area or that area or any area, if it's fixed, then you're on lockdown. You're not growing. See, that's a mindset. That's a perspective. We've got to get out of that. We're children of the King. We're children of the Most High God. It's actually provable now by science that there is no deterministic uh, set of genes. We used to think in terms, we used to believe this, that, that scientists would teach that, you know, everything is determined when you're born you have a set determined uh, this or that that you can get, your IQ and all these other things. And there are some boundaries there. But what they're finding out is that the, the human body is made and changes and transforms according to your beliefs. Who'd have thought that? According to Scripture, that's what it has to say. Make sure your beliefs are kicked in to truth. You've got to have a growth mindset. People who develop a growth mindset, who believe that growth is a continual process, and that as they apply their mind with well-chosen thoughts and nurture faith in growing and developing, these people obviously live a life of hope with greater purpose, and they tend to live a life of setting goals and achieving them and setting goals and achieving them, living with a drive because they know they, these things aren't completely I mean, they know they can grow in any area. Their faith is set in it, and the science is proving this now with, with uh, fields of science called epigenetics is one, the neurosciences and neuroplasticity and other things. They know that we can change, we can grow. There are not limits that we used to think. We can grow into these things. Things are not deterministic. In fact, they know that if, you, if the human is placed in a new foreign situation, that your brain will turn on your genes and they'll code for new proteins. So your body is created once it gets in a situation where it knows it got, has to give, 
and you change your mindset, the body will physiologically change. It's incredible what they're finding out in the sciences today. There is no excuse for a son or daughter of God to believe in a fixed growth. We are children of God. Don't forget, that's what John 1.13 says. We're born of God. This is a new breed. We're a new creation. 2 Corinthians 5, uh, 15 and 21, and I'm finishing up here. I just got done with 40 minutes, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring it to a halt here in just a second. 2 Corinthians 5, 21, let's look at this, because this is our call. This is our life. It says here, And he died for all, that they who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died and rose again on their behalf. Therefore, from now on, we recognize no man according to the flesh, even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him, thus no longer. Therefore, if any man is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, new things have come, and those new things continue to give as we give ourselves to them. See, all the old set things have passed away. All we are new and becoming new. Let's see what the new person does after they become new. Now all these things are from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, namely that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them. And he has committed to us the, wor the word of reconciliation. Therefore we are ambassadors for Christ as though God were entreating through us we beg you on behalf of Christ to be reconciled to God. He made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf that we might become the righteousness of God in him. We're called to be reconcilers, to be growing and giving, to be living and loving in a continual manner, growing in the things of God as we're doing the work of the Father that he's inviting us into. John 12, 26 says, if anyone would serve me, he must continue to follow me, to cleave steadfastly to me, conform wholly to my example in living and, if need be, in dying. And wherever I am, there will my servant be also. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. That's the call. And I'm seeing God everywhere now. I'm seeing him in my home. I'm seeing him in my extended family. I'm seeing him in my neighborhood. I'm seeing him in the church neighborhood. I've got a relationship down here. Just, just simple prayer and care and contact and just love and just seeing the Lord. It's No, it's not an ESPN highlight type of thing, but it's real and it's awesome and it's God. And that's what we're called to do is to get out and make these types of touches and give God an opportunity to do more in the future as we build a relationship. We're looking for God's activity. Look for it. Have the mindset of growth and of God on the move because that is the truth. Last week I told a story, and I'm finishing with this. I told a story about a, a girl. You know, I think I saw it on Facebook or something. Rita showed me, and she, she was a girl. Uh, the video was her. She pulled out her sound system, and she was singing a worship song out in her driveway, and it was just a bright sunny day in a in a, a neighborhood and the neighborhood was crowded everybody was outside and so you know and i told this story and i and then i left out the best part of the whole story so i had to retell it so i could tell you this best part 
uh, as, as they were panning around, this girl's belting it out, they're panning around and all these neighbors are stopping in their tracks. Some of them are riding bikes, some of them are in chairs, some of them are doing yard work, some of them are just walking. But they're all just stopped in their tracks and they're just watching her. Right now they're captivated by a worship service. I mean, it's happening in, in real life in suburbia, America. And here it is, the Lord is, is just, he's present. And they're panning across all the way around. They go all around to show all the people. And there's one shot, because there's trees everywhere, there's one shot of the, of the blue sky. You just get a sliver of the blue sky as she's panning around. And, and, and so the camera's panning around, and in that blue shot of the sky, there's a cross in the sky. It's just like, okay. And as soon as I saw that cross, and it's like a, it, it's like, you know, it's a cloud or it's got it's something. A plane went by, made the, this part. But it's a cross, just plain as day. And just looking at that and seeing that, it just made the whole thing holy all of a sudden. Like, wow, God is everywhere doing church because people are at home and in their neighborhoods and they're, they're being the church. They're awakening to the mission. They're seeing the pleasure of God from the sky above down just yes 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 i'm here get get join me in what i'm doing let me show you all the beautiful things that i want to do and so church be reminded look all around you see the lord at work and begin to refresh your mindset repent of a mindset that is faithless and that that makes god look small and and the church powerless repent of it See Christ high and lifted up. Decide you're going to see him everywhere and then go and do. That is the call. The Lord will be with you and he'll show you what to do his way. And that's what we have to look forward to, church, just to be transformed. So bless you tonight. Let me pray for you. Father, thank you so much for the encouragement that comes from knowing you and knowing the word and knowing that you're still on the throne and knowing that you called your 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 bride alongside you to do the work with that passionate love that is your love it's god love so lord fill your church with that passionate love help us to see things with new fresh eyes and get to work being the church and enjoying it enjoying the work as we do it alongside you father so i just pray your blessings over all of tennessee avenue and all of bristol and lord just continue to lift us up, to fill us up, to strengthen us, and to restore us and align us underneath your lordship today. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.